<laughs> okay, so let's do this thing. We'll just have fun. Oh yeah. Dick man. <laughs> <laughs> what did you what did you put in your mouth? Skittles. Oh. <laughs> Skittles in the way. <laughs> it's like a um, the, having our laws based off the Ten Commandments too, like it provides like a very solid foundation for us as a country to be united. And it, and then it started making me think again of, um, of, uh, Elder Cook's talk and, and just how like we need to be united. And, and you can see that like over the years, how, how the laws have changed kind of away from some of those, um, from that original foundation that our forefathers gave us, how we're starting to like have much more contention, I think, than we ever have had in, like, the history of our society. I hope you enjoyed that first part there. Uh, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> we uh, were trying to get started, and, yeah, you know, those awkward times when you're like, are we ready to go? And, yeah, he was eating Skittles. What the heck? Also, for today's episode of Especially for Members, EFM, we are discussing some of the um, talks that, uh, that came out in the 2020 October General Conference. And there are, there are a lot of talks from this conference that I want to do episodes on, but we wanted to start with a couple of these initially. Anyways, I hope that you enjoy it. Hey, and don't forget to like this episode and subscribe to this podcast. And leave a review. Remember, anything less than a five-star review would just be cruel. So, you know, leave the five-star review. And don't forget to share this episode with any other people who you know could really benefit from hearing these things. Without further ado, here is the episode. So, General Conference. It was so good. I don't know about you guys, but I really felt... There was just a special power behind it. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with since last conference, right? And just kind of this whole year, things are escalating and getting worse in many ways. That the the conference in April was like, you know, commemorating one of the most important events in human history. Uh, and then this conference was like healing balm, salve, and realignment, guys. It's like, mm. bring us all back. That's, I don't know. For sure. That's what I felt like. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um. I know us personally, we were like, we were just like waiting just to hear like what the prophet had to say, like regarding everything that's been going on in the world, because there's been some crazy stuff that's happened over the last six Several months. months. Yeah. 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 So. No, I I was just for for someone who like loves the Constitution, yeah, as someone in, in my in my shoes. You feel like some of the constitutional references in conference talks are like more sparse here and there, but then you go back to when conference talks were addressed more towards people who were in the U.S., uh, like with like um, President um, Benson and even when he was just an apostle, that you're always like, yeah, such good talks, oh, I love that, right? And then it's a little more sparse since then, but they have this talk, uh, the to several talks, this conference really kind of drive that back i was mm -hmm. i mean that made me really exciting just, just excited because i can't tell you guys how many times i've had conversations and this this what blows me away i've had conversations with other members of the church who are so radicalized by the new political religion that they believe the constitution is a very bad document it is not a good mm -hmm. thing and i'm like and and then their stance is that members of the church who believe that it is a, a inspired and holy document are, are kind of the more radical fringe Latter-day Saints. And I'm like, wow. oh, I really <laughs> disagree. Like, don't turn the covenants. Oh, you know, like, oh. so to have them like actually address that. I mean, mm. it's fantastic. It's, it's really fantastic just because as a nation, I don't know what you guys think, but like, I feel like as a nation, we have really just derail like we're not following the constitution in so many ways oh and it's it's under attack in so many ways you know oh yeah completely being disre disregarded and disrespected uh completely 
It reminded me of a quote from his talk, if you don't mind. Which talk is this? Uh, sorry, Love Your Enemies by Elder Oaks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, for all its flaws, the United States is uniquely equipped to unite a diverse and divided society. And it goes on. I'll read this second part, and that'll sure. be it. Uh, it's citizens don't have to choose between a national identity and a multiculturalism. Americans can have both, but the key is constitutional patriotism. We have to remain united by and through the Constitution, regardless of our ideological disagreements. And to me, that's no question that the prophet and the apostles, or at the, at the very least, Elder Oaks, but I'm you know sure they agree that they support the Constitution of the land. You know, and, absolutely. And he even said that is a good secular reason, and we have our own you know you know spiritual okay. reasons as well. You know, absolutely. D and C, like you were talking about specifically. Yeah, well, actually, in on that same note, right, if we, if we were to go to that particular talk, if I can find it fast enough, um, yeah, in Doctrine and Covenants, it says, Therefore, it is not right that, um, that any man should be in bondage to one another, uh, one to another, excuse me, and then this is the part, he says, And for this purpose have I established the constitution of this land by the hands of wise men whom I raised up unto this very purpose, and redeemed the land by the shedding of blood. I mean, the Lord right there, he's saying, I established the Constitution. Who did? The Lord did. I mean, yes, they're imperfect people, but that's... He He doesn't have a bunch of Christ that he sends down, right? Like, the, the Savior himself is saying, you know, he, he worked through people, but they were the wise men he, that he raised up for this very purpose, right? And, and I apologize, I'm not giving any context. I'm quoting this portion of Scripture that uh, Elder Quentin L. Cook uh, quoted in his talk, Hearts Knit Together in Righteousness. Um... And I love how he says, he says, as we read in the Doctrine and Covenants, these documents were established and should be, ma be maintained for the rights and protection of all flesh. And that's important because it, he goes on to talk about principles. He says, uh, according to just and holy principles, that's what has made America, in my mind, so amazing. I, I, I've, never, I've never been of the mind to say uh, to ever say America's been perfect. And I don't think anyone who tries to has a leg to stand on. But I still, I'm very patriotic and, and I love, and I truly believe America is the greatest nation on earth. And it's because of the Constitution. And why? Well, as we know, Constitution was not perfectly made. The Founding Fathers, they even admitted, like, hey, like, this isn't, I don't know, like, this is not perfect, but I don't know if we could have gotten any more perfect than what we have. Let's sign this thing. Let's make it happen, and because they recognized it was it was based upon principles that if we tried to live by, we would be self-correcting over time, and and that's the thing is like they knew slavery was a complete contradicting contradiction to uh, the principles of the Constitution, also the the moral principles of their culture and society, and and of the, of the uh, largely the largest religion that the na nation held, which was Christianity, and still does. They, they knew that it would get kicked out at some point because it was the largest contradiction, but they still had to create a framework of something in order for a nation to exist. And then we've corrected over time, right? We've gotten rid of slavery. We've, got, we've uh, allowed equality for rights in a lot of other, a lot of many ways. But that is the fascinating thing is that we, we were, you know, we, we got better over time. And, that, and I think that's just amazing. I, I, I just keep rant, ranting on, but that is just what I love. And that's not just something that's, like, just exclusive for America. Like, that's something that other countries can have as well. I was thinking of this when you were talking about that. I was thinking of the scripture in Second Chronicles chapter 7. It says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And so it's so good. it's really cool. Like, if you think about, like, it's America, like... You said it's like, you know, you think it's just the best or it's amazing. And that's not just like because we're better than others. It's because um, everything that we, you know, base, well, everything that our laws were based on have to do with like protecting certain like freedoms and and they coincide really well with like the, the laws of the gospel as well. And if other like countries were to like follow some of those as and some have like to a point, you know, then Heavenly Father can bless and heal their lands and then their lands can become just as amazing, you know? Absolutely. It, absolutely. Uh, they, the idea that um, uh, 
as we live more in line with uh, eternal principles, we, we obtain greater blessings from heaven. And that's just a fact. And, and how uh, something that you had mentioned made me think of how like the, the principles, as Elder, uh, Elder Quentin L. Cook mentions, is uh, agency and responsibility. Like that's, that's really what it all comes down to. Right, like if we are, if we recognize that we are going to respect the agencies, uh, agency of others, but also recognize that we have a responsibility uh, to to care for ourselves, to do to, to provide for ourselves. Right, we have to be uh, willing to take on our own destiny in in a way, um, because that was a major thing that the founding fathers were even really afraid of getting into the revolution at all. They're like. Uh, the people, the, literally, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this in our modern terms. They said it in different ways, but they literally literally said that the manners and behaviors of the people are too much like the British. And if that's the case, this is not gonna work. And why? Because like, well, the British people, in essence, relied too much on the government, wanted the government to do their thinking for them and do the taking care of for them. And they're like, ain't gonna work. Like we want independence, and we've got to be an independent people, which means we have to take on our own responsibilities. Right and actually fulfill them, rather than you know wanting someone to hand out or, or help us in some way. And you know what kind of makes me think too is what your focus is on the Constitution and the people who wrote it together. Um, we, I mean, I don't, I don't know who we is exactly conservatives. Maybe we believe in the Constitution. We focus on the good of the Constitution, not the imperfections of the people who wrote it. Right, yeah. and that seems to be the narrative of of these other groups who want to destroy the con the Constitution or the United States who are against it, even within the United States, those groups. Um, leftists, some of them, you know. But, yeah, all uh, of them, in yeah, my mind. <laughs> yeah. and, and they they want to focus that, oh, these people were imperfect, they were horrible people, That's there was no good from it, no good will ever come, this, co this country will be, continue to be racist because it was based on people who had, you know, racist imperfections, you know, right? Yeah. And... And so they can't accept that people, people, uh, individually and collectively can grow, you know, and and we have, we have, gotten rid of those those burdens and those those horrible ugly things from the past, and we are growing, individually and collectively to become better people. And and one of the main things that's helping us do that is the Church of Jesus Christ, you know. Yeah. And its principles as well, including the Constitution, which is why they support it, you know. Exactly. Well. Um, a couple of thoughts come to mind there. Is one is, it's completely disingenuous of, of leftists, of people who um, want to revolutionize America, uh, uh, to say, oh, we can't accept anything uh, as good whatsoever coming from people who had owned slaves, or whatever else, right? It, it's like, uh, that's, that's completely contradictory in the sense that the people you revere, uh, like currently, who created your groups are some of the most disgusting, evil people who have done very horrible things. It's like, rather, we should judge people upon the content of their character and also the, the, the things they have done, the things they sacrifice for for other people, right? I mean, yeah, there are a lot of flaws. The, the Founding Fathers are very flawed, but they, they did the most revolutionary thing they, that anyone in the world could have done at that time. And they had some of the most revolutionary thinking in terms of um, they saw a society that was more aligned with the gospel of Jesus Christ than any other society. I mean, there are societies that existed in the past in that way. I think of like the camp of Israel um, in Moses' time and also the Anglo-Saxons. Um, but, but in terms of like they saw this becoming a gigantic nation and also something that would influence the world. And even though they may not have said it quite in this way, it, it, it comes down to is they knew that if we, if we set this up right, we will become more aligned with just and holy principles which come from the gospel of Jesus Christ and you will create the greatest society ever. I mean, it's like, okay, if we're going to judge properly here, I look at people today and I, if we're going to judge it by sins, our greatest sin today is the sin of omniscience, right? Like We, we, we don't, we don't uh, do anything. Like, we have all this ability, all this power, all this technology, all these opportunities afforded to us. We don't do jack squat. But nothing. <laughs> we go. We waste our we waste our time with it. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Teresa, it looked like you were wanting to say something. <laughs> no. <Okay>. Not this. <laughs> um, something that I love here is Elder Cook. He says, 
the Savior's ministry and message have consistently declared all races and colors are children of God. We are all brothers and sisters. And that's really, that's what it comes down to, kind of going back to that quote from President Oaks, people of all ideologies, races, ethnicities, backgrounds, cultures, etc., you can be all um, united. And when we think in the civil sense, you are united upon the, uh, upon the Constitution. And then in the cultural sense, we can all be united uh, upon the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the funny thing is, I say that acknowledging that not everyone's going to become a Christian. But acknowledging the fact that people, all the people are far more, there's, there's far more people out there who are, um, they're reasonable and they want peace. They want to get along. And so they then foster within their own religions and also in their own culture uh, of, you know, like maybe it's a religious uh, community or whatever else to be cohesive, to be able to intermingle with other groups and, and get along. And when they do that, really all they're doing is aligning more with the true go uh, principles of the gospel. It's really funny because like you look at other religions and you can't say, and I saw someone post on social media recently, and it's driving me nuts. I'm like, well, we can't just say Judeo-Christian values were from the Constitution. All and they start listening to all these other religions. You know, those are the same principles they've had there. And I'm like, no, not at least not in the beginning. Many religions have reformed to take on these same principles, and that's what may, and that's what makes them today. Yeah, I have the same ones, but no, truly, it's this conformity of basically. God works and inspires the hearts of men to where we start to live by the same principles. That way we can live in harmony and peace. Right. Um, something, I, a question I, I, I thought of earlier that I wanted to ask you. Um, kind of this, I think it was this quote that reminded me of it from Elder Oaks' talk, Love Your Enemies, from October 2020. Mm. And, um he says the United States was founded by immigrants and different nationalities and different ethnicities. Its unifying purpose was not to establish a particular religion or to perpetuate any of the diverse cultures or tribal lo loyalties of the old countries. It was to allow for freedom of all of them to, you know, intermingle and and people to freely express themselves and and freely worship, right? So my I guess my attitude was uh, on this was my question I mean is what you thought of separation of church and state oh sure uh, I think the first thought that comes to mind about separation of church and state is that the state as it should be the government as it should be based on the constitution is meant to be very limited and so basically it should shut up about most things <laughs> and then in terms of Religion, religion, you cannot separate religion from a human being, right? Just because you may culturally and politically, you know, with government power, try to suppress one particular expression of religion, all you do is, is when you uh, single out one, you give room for a different form of religion to take place and, and uh, dominate the culture. And so, yeah, like separation of church and state is... is Primarily supposed to be that the, that the state does not promote uh, and give preference of one particular religion or dominate or, or um, what's the word it starts with the D denomination Domin denomination right uh, yeah denomination oh, yeah. over another but that everyone can take the religion with them anywhere anywhere like I mean the founding fathers they were like oh we have a church house for or I mean a state house for all of our activities. Okay, well, every Sunday a church can rent it out and use it. They weren't like, no, 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 no. That's just, that's like you know, uh, commingling of church and state of any way. I suppose I I have ambiguous feelings about it because, um, because, like you said, one one if one removes itself from being involved in the government completely, one another one will just kind of come up and start mingling itself with the government, right? Is, is that kind of what you were getting at? Yes. I didn't uh, use your, your words. Yeah, exactly. that, that is what I mean, yeah. Okay, so, what you know, like this whole, um, the Ten Commandments in, in certain government buildings and, uh, you know, uh, a cro maybe a, a cross or something on government grounds, you know, things like that. Those are the, those are the things I'm, 
I I don't really care if they're there personally, but maybe that's because I'm a Christian. I didn't care when I wasn't a Christian either, but yeah. uh, <laughs> but some people do apparently. Anyways, but I can see you know it's kind of expressing one religion over another when the, when the whole country is supposed to be you know a, a freedom of religion, which it still has, but. Um, that's why I don't like, I personally don't like symbols of like that being involved with the, the church because then eventually societies change and turn and eventually maybe there'll be less Christians or something or, or they'll be less popular, which is what the prophets have been telling us. But anyways, um, the, another religion may come in, like you said, and start, you know, purporting. Profess, professing its ideas yeah. as as uh, law and stuff like that, you know. But the other part, the, the ambiguous part is, I agree that everybody has a moral agenda, and often it's associated with the religion. Sometimes not. I guess there's secular ones, but uh, they all come from God anyway, originally. Mor morality, you know. Sure. But um, they they start professing theirs over ours then we'd have a serious problem but everybody has an, a moral agenda and we try to legislate morally to some degree or another i guess the question is how how much because because maybe right now is not the best example because of there's been murders and 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 rapes and destruction of property and uh, uh suppressing free ideas and things like that lately but yeah let's say 15 years ago or whatever you ask somebody like like is murder wrong? Yes, right. You know, should it be legislated? Yeah, it should be illegal, right? You know? Yeah. But uh, now things like the pedophile thing coming up, right? You know, the law in California that reduces penalties for pedophiles sleeping with. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, children, underage, uh, yeah, yeah, yep. underage children. Um, that it's stuff like that that's gonna start uh, being legislated too, but. That's their moral. I call it lack of morals, but that's their moral agenda, right? Is they want to do what they want, right? But yep. we still have our. I'm looking for the word. Obligation. Obligation. Thank yeah, you. Moral to obligation. to uh, yeah. do what's right by us, what we think is right, and what we 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 know what's right, right? We know what's right because God tells us what's right yes. and wrong, right? They can say they do. Oh, it's not right because of this and this and this, but. It, Half the reason, half the reasons don't make sense anyway. But for sure, yeah. Well, well I have some thoughts here, but Jason, I want to know what what your thoughts are first. So I was just thinking in regards to that is, um, we're all. It says in the scriptures that we're all born uh, with the light of Christ, and so people that want to push that type of thing as their what they feel is right, those type of people. They were also born at one point, you know, in their life with the light of Christ. But over time, they've ignored it. And so the laws that they're trying to push are not moral in regards to our morals or even theirs. Because with the light of Christ, that would tell anyone, including people that are not of our specific denomination, that that is wrong. So that's... That's why. That's why, uh, that's, it, that's why I called it a lack of morals. But they, yeah. right. they, they, they but, but, it's, but it's not a lack of morals. It's a new. It's a new type of morality, right? It's so. That's what they call it. Yeah, it, that's exactly what it is. Um, so, first, one of the one of the things here, you're fine. Uh, is that we create a false dichotomy in our minds, a, a false uh, premise, where which is and which is what you're bringing up uh, along the lines of okay, well. There's different religions out there, um, but it seems—it almost seems like you're promoting Christianity when you put crosses and other things like that that are Christian symbols upon state houses, etc. And then how other religions can come in and dominate and change the culture and therefore create different laws. That's what um, I was getting at, yeah. Yeah. So this false economy is that—is that, is that uh, by having separation of church and state, you cannot have anything religious whatsoever. And I'm going to propose to you this idea, which is what I was alluding to previously, which is that. You cannot, in any way, shape, or form, eliminate religion at all. A religion is is a inseparable tenet of human behavior, of humanality. Uh, and what I mean by that is, let's say I go, I'm atheist, or or whatever else. I'm, I'm an atheist of a sort. I, I I'm gonna, let's say I'm a leftist, because that's people are more aware of that. Uh, which means 
for the most part, uh, many leftists are going to say, you know, Christianity is blah, like, and they're not going to align themselves with any sort of religion. Very likely don't believe in God. But what do they believe in, right? It's still a form of belief. It, yeah, yeah, there's, so, so what is, and so let's, it boils down to what is religion? What is religion? All religion is, is your system of beliefs by which you live your life. That's all religion mm -hmm. is. Now you can have um, uh, what we call spiritual religion, but it's all spiritual because we're all looking for some sort of deeper meaning and purpose, which is what spirituality gives you. And political religion still gives people a sense of meaning and purpose. Um, and they especially take to that if they were refused the more Christian spiritual uh, purpose and um, uh, basis in life uh, previously, right? If they were never given that, they're going to seek it somewhere. So if religion is all, if all it is, is your system of beliefs, beliefs by which you live your life, everyone has their own system of beliefs. So there's kind of like a personal religion, but then there's community religion, uh, communal uh, in, a, in a, a way. There's organized, excuse me. There is organized religion. Um, you know, there's a Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We are an organized religion. Catholicism, baptism, you know, or Baptists, excuse me. Like, like you have all these different denominations. We, we, we always say Christianity is religion, but really if we look at organized religion, there's all these denominations and even if you go into Islam or whatever else, you have people who choose to go, okay, yeah, we might have differences of opinions about and belief a little bit differently, but overall, we're going to agree upon these beliefs, X, Y, Z. And that's what makes us an organized religion. We're going we're gonna to say, yep, the Bible says these things, we agree. Um, and that shapes the way people believe and, and uh, see what morality is, and that, therefore they determine what laws are. Let's say you remove the spiritual aspect out of it. Therefore, you have usually what's called a political religion. Communism is just a political religion. Progressivism, communism, all, like all the same thing to me. Um, that's all that is. It's a, it's a religion based upon not uh, human um, transformation and uh, uh, exaltation, but upon power. That's what it's about. And so they, they have their own set of principles, therefore their own morality. And when you go with progressivism, they have their own God. They have their own religion, right? So the, what is their religion? Well, you know, we, when we go to church, you know, our religion, our organized religion, we, we're going to go listen to the bishop. We're going to go hear other people talk in church. And it's like, sweet. And, and we go to Sunday school, all those things of, of a sort, you know, because Sunday school is now weird now. Um, but we're still learning together. What do they do? Well, they're going to listen to their political talking heads. They're going to go um, go to these rallies and things and and, you know, and reaffirm to each other, this is what we believe. It's a religion. That's all it is. And what is their God? Their God is government. And and so God is the ultimate moral authority. So whatever government says is legal, is therefore moral, therefore righteous. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes down to, okay, but then if that's the case, what do you do about uh, government promoting certain symbols? Well, it's also incorrect for us to believe that uh, government is the absence of religion. True government, American, American government, recognizes the existence of religion and its role in influencing the government. And that's why you have many founding fathers, but I'll just quote Elder, uh, Elder <laughs> John Adams, Elder John Adams, uh, <laughs> where he, Maybe now. he yeah. just said, our constitution is wholly inadequate to the... Um, uh, was that our constitution is wholly inadequate to a people who whose um, uh, morals and manners are universally corrupt, right? Once they have abandoned their religion, uh, then basically the constitution is like a net and we're like a whale going through it. It just bursts. Like you can't, you can't, because like, the constitution will never be able to hold back people's evil inclinations. Because the, the uh, human behavior or human beings have infinite potential for evil, infinite potential for good. And the Founding Fathers recognized this very, very big thing, concept, which was, what, which was we have to have religion, primarily Judeo-Christian values and principles, and they knew it was those ones uh, in order for people to self, put self-imposed chains upon their own behaviors, to choose to do those the right. evil inclinations. Yeah to, yeah. To, yeah, to chain up their evil inclinations. Therefore, if, if everyone's on the agreement to do that, we can create laws, a constitution, that is tailored around that sort of thinking. And once you, but once you shape the culture and you create and you say, okay, there's kind of a different religion and a different moral set of values, now the laws that existed are, are, are 
they're outdated because they don't follow the, what people believe to be right and good anymore. Yeah, I guess uh, that, was, that was a really good way I to explain I didn't get to finish everything. explaining, but go for it, yeah. <laughs> I'm long-winded. <laughs> no, but yeah, you, you got to think, you know, you're not going to, it's not automatons, you know, robots, androids, whatever, not the phone, but androids, like human-like sure, sure. robots, yeah. you know. It's not them in the government or in businesses or anything like that. Government specifically, since that's what we're talking about. But uh, it's it's human beings with belief systems, right? You know, yeah. so they're going to, everybody's going to influence the area they work in for you know whatever belief they have. You know, I mean, for sure. you know, organized religion or or political religion, like you said, you know, and. Um, I think that's maybe maybe that's the only way to keep it from crumbling is is having people like you know of, of a certain religion like ours you know we try to put people in power that agree with our principles and stuff right that's that's exactly that, that's the, the only way, way to keep things from crumbling that's you know? exactly right you know, or so. or let me just throw this out there or we stop looking for a politician who's going to be there and we just say I've got to run yeah. Right, because too many of There's us are like, I don't want to have to do that. Right, like I'd rather just live my life. Man, I hope someone good comes along. I could throw a vote for, and then we go, man, they all suck. <laughs> and it's like, well, you might have to run yourself because, like, that's that's kind of the purpose. We see it as a service. No, no good righteous person, Latter Day Saint, goes, man, I can't wait to be bishop. Ah, yes. oh, bishop, awesome. That's the thing yeah. I'm aspiring for. Yeah. You know, uh, it makes me think of one quite day. the opposite usually. Exactly yeah. right. Instead, it's like. No, we we are always willing to serve because we know it's the right thing to do. Now, we don't ever run for election for bishop, but we have to self-promote ourselves to go, all right, I'm willing to sacrifice for the good, for what is right here. So, but I actually want to ask both of you then, because I didn't quite get to fully answer this piece, but I'm curious to know, if you had to defend right now why it's okay for the government to show um, Christian symbols, right? The cross, all those other things, right, as, as exists, the Ten Commandments, all over. Why would that be okay? If you had to just try to really think, like, like why would that be okay? Uh, <laughs> I'm not an orator, and I'm terrible at debate, but... Oh, uh, yeah, no debate here, uh, just just try to think, like, like why, why might that be okay? Um, for one thing, would be because what we're talking about is their people, and their people, so they're going to bring along with them all their beliefs, and and idiosyncrasies as well, you know, I mean, uh, but one so thing can is, I actually ask you real fast there? Sure. You said they're people. So it sounds like you're probably referencing historically the people from the past who have, who, who followed these religions um, or no, well, any, even currently or in the past, okay. I mean, they're the people in the government. And okay. Yeah. I suppose we mean not the people who are actually in the positions at this moment, unless they're Christian and I'm more talking about them, but, sure. um, uh, so they bring along with them all their beliefs and everything, right? And that's how we, they run things based on those beliefs, right? They they vote for things like in the Senate or the, the House, right? They vote for things, the, the judges, they they decide things based on those belief systems, right? So um, why is it okay to have those symbols in there? I suppose it represents at least at least part of the population, which is okay, you know? I mean, and and more so, it represents uh, a set of moral laws that are uh, really important to me and a lot of other people in this country, I think. Yeah. Uh, like, let's say there was a Ten Commandments, you know, tablets in, in a judiciary building or something. Yeah, kinda. yeah. Um, that, that's a good example of, oh, we uphold divine laws, right? You know, and, and for thousands of years, people thought these laws were good, you know? Yeah. And uh, there's nothing, yeah, there's there's a logical fallacy called appeal to tradition, which I really hate, but just because we were doing it, it means we should keep doing it. Yeah. But if it's a moral good thing, that's a good reason to keep doing it, you know? I mean... And, and I'll even add here, we're so disconnected from the historical context of everything. So, just in terms of historical context of why our laws the way they are, why our laws in America are the way they are, is because there was Ten Commandments. Like, literally, they go, the, the foundation of what people believe to be morally right and wrong, Ten Commandments was like, 
the groundwork, foundation of like the main thing. The, everything was exactly everything right. Was so, so like for us to pretend that's not there, it makes it so easy for a political religionists to hop in and create so revolutionary. Oh, this one and this one and this one yeah. was mine. We're, we're, it wasn't God's; it was ours. Yeah, mm-hmm. where 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 they can now change the uh, the the judicial process like it kind of already is today, where they go. Well, do we take into a con- into context this man's upbringing and stuff? It's like, well, hold on, he just raped and killed someone, but he was born in a poor area, so like, it's a this you end up creating this quest for cosmic justice where all you do is create injustices uh, universally for all people because you're trying to um, f- create some sort of a justice for the individual who was the perpetrator of evil, right? Um, it's about the victim more. Yeah, know, it becomes yeah. You you, wrong, you do no not create happens, justice and yeah. you, you do not establish law. You end up enhancing anarchy, right? It, it's just like the idea of you'll uh, for the most part you foster the uh, more criminals by having no laws against criminality. Does that make sense? Because if there's no, I mean, or or, or if it's so soft on criminality, it's it's almost it's like well, I could do this and. I can get off scotch free, basically, right? You, um, and that comes a lot back. It really goes back down to human behavior. How do we shape human behavior? Uh, how do we um, appeal to the better nature of our behavior and avoid the greater evils of our behavior and create laws that reinforce that? So, and and if I go back to the symbol thing, then if we if we only target spiritual religious symbols, then then we are missing everything can be skewed in some way or another. So it's like the second they pull, I mean, places around here will pull it, will pull up uh, or create statues of all sorts of, you know, revolutionaries who are quite evil, Che Guevara or um, Lenin. It doesn't matter. And it's like, hold on. But and now are you saying that my, like this symbol is now indicative of, of, you know, XYZ? And the truth is, Yes, it is indicative, but are they going to get away with you know being able to do those sort of things because it's non-spiritual? Oh yeah, but what did you just promote? Well, you just promoted a political religion, but it just doesn't have the stigma to it, wow. right? So it's it's like you have to, in terms of the Christian principles that are promoted there, there's historical context, and also there's just a straight up factual context, which is, yeah. The only thing that has allowed America and its constitution to survive as long as it has and, and to become so great like as a nation was because we adhere to the tenets of Judeo-Christian values. And like, like We adhere to that. And other religions that out there that may be similar to it, that's great, but like that's what we adhere to in order to make this. And so whether or not you want to be a Christian or a Jew, whatever, you have to recognize this is the foundation of us staying whole and going elsewhere is is a path that nations all over the world, civilizations throughout history, have taken to their own self-destruction. And most governments in history that have done well, even for a time, are the ones who have governance, even if there's not laws pertaining, because you have monarchies, right? They can say, do this and do that, but governments that worked for the longest were and kings who did the best right were often the ones who did morally good for the most people you know yeah you know did the most moral good you know protected the most you know the people who needed it and and uh and part of protecting them doesn't mean supporting them you know like like doing everything for them it, it's, it's about giving them the freedom to take care of themselves as well too you know Oh yeah, the greatest the greatest thing that ever happened in early colonial history was the fact that for the most part, the kings of Europe allowed kings and queens of Europe allowed people to sail across the sea at their own peril and come to America and basically say, "All right, you do whatever you want." I mean, some of them were like, "But you you really do need to pre- produce a pretty good economy, and we're going to tax you on that." But for the most part, it's kind of like send us some of your goods and you know. Yeah, but like do, do whatever you want while you're there, right? Like we're not even gonna oppress the exercise of religion over there like we do here because you're going to a wild unknown land but you know in the sense like you won't die (laughs) you might you take all the risks and we'll we'll give you a little bit of freedom for it but they created allowance for that right the fact that they were allowing people that agency to uh tweets uh
Don't say a thing. Oh, while you guys are talking, I was just thinking how, like, um, the having our laws based off the Ten Commandments, too, like, it provides, like, a very solid foundation for us as a country to be united. And, it, and then it started making me think again of, um, of uh, Elder Cook's talk and... And just how like we need to be united, and and you can see that like over the years how how the laws have changed kind of away from some of those um, from that original foundation that our forefathers gave us. How we're starting to like have much more contention, I think, than we ever have had in like the history of our society. Because there's there's there a, isn't unity, you yeah, know. Yeah, because there's a huge chunk of people who want those laws to stay the same way they were, right. you know, and 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 some of those people and the other half or however many percentage who it benefits them in some way so they you know or justifies them in some way so to do their their uh, immoral acts you know so exactly I, I would say in essence in order to make America um, great Warhol again. yeah great again <laughs> I almost said that I was like wait that's a slogan um, but in order to make America more whole and get us back on the path Latter-day Saints, and all Christians, but I'm going to call it Latter-day Saints because if you're listening to this, you're a Latter-day Saint. You need to be unapologetically a follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. Unapologetically unbigoted. Now, this is what I mean by that statement. I personally am an un- unapologetically unbigoted and not racist, which means I don't have to prove my virtue as a non-racist, unbigoted person to other people by virtue signaling and doing other stupid stuff like that. Because all that is is paying homage to a political religion that is destructive to our nation and culture. I show, I have to be unapologetically that way by showing in word and in deed that I love all people without bowing down to a mob, right? I have I have shown repeatedly throughout my life, and I, and I want to continue to do so, um, to love all people, regardless of where they're from. It's kind of funny. I, I look at my own life and I've recognized that basically everywhere I go, I become so easily really close friends with people who are immigrants to America, right? People who are not normally here. So usually, it's, anytime you're new from anywhere else, you know, uh, you're going to feel a little bit more alone, etc. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe I think a lot of that is not because I'm some sort of political leftist where I get I feel self-righteous about becoming friends with the you know the the, the outcast no I grew up my whole life living you know moving place to place and always being the, the one who's not known and not not related to and kind of alone so or I've said that twice but like not not having a community and, and friends around you readily and so I guess I've always kind of related to an immigrant being here and kind of feeling that and so I've always connected and had really deep relationships with them and so going back to, like I said, I'm long-winded. Going back to everything else, we have to be very open about our religion. We have to be very clear that we we believe in Christ. We follow Christ. These are the tenets of his religion. And not conflate that with political religion. Whether it's conservatism or leftism. To be like, okay, well, let's get away from the politics. Because at one point in our lives, go back not too far, we used to live in, such, in a world where politics did not invade every aspect of our lives but now everything is politicized so let's get back to that point where i go i don't care what you say and what you mud you're gonna fling i'm a disciple of christ this is what i believe i believe in 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 doing good things i always tell tim that i always remind him that you know well i remind myself too but you know i belong to the church of jesus christ latter-day saints i don't belong to the church of the Republican Party or the <laughs> Democrat Party, you know, because I think a lot of times as members, we sometimes get hung up on that and we needed to like ground ourselves to the fact that we don't belong to those. We don't follow the Republican Party. We don't follow the Democrat Party or any other faction or, you know, we follow Jesus Christ or at least we're supposed to. So I like what you said there because actually in uh, the hearts knit together, righteousness and unity by Elder Cook. He, he says this, and I love this. He says, while we rejoice in distinctive cultures, we should leave behind aspects of those cultures that conflict with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So there's plenty of things in our own culture which we can identify and believe to be uh, sacrosanct. But then also, political religion has created this, I, this uh, 
sense of minorities have a have a, a sacrosanct culture. Like, like you cannot like, question. Don't ask yeah, them to change. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And it's like, well, that's all Christ ever does is ask us to change <laughs> and become more aligned with Him. And that's how we become more unified. Is the fact that we're willing to leave behind those in the political sense. That is what immigrants did when they came here. They did not want to create a mini Scotland, you know, <laughs> or a mini Ireland or a mini Zimbabwe, whatever. Like they came here because they wanted to become American and part of everyone. Um, and, and so they're willing to leave behind the tribalistic tendencies of where they came from in order to have a, a culture that was founded upon the Constitution. Now, now that people disregard the Constitution, if we if we are going to get back to that holy document, we got to get back to it by shaping the reason for us falling away from it, which is our falling away from Christ, our falling away from the gospel of Christ. We can't go after the symptoms without going after the cause of the symptoms. And the cause of the symptom is our abandonment of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you, would you agree? I mean, I, sorry, I'm being very soapboxy and preachy, but that's what I feel. Yeah, absolutely. I love how Elder Cook says that we can be a force to lift and bless society as a whole. That, And I think that that responsibility like first and foremost falls upon us we know that it is our responsibility to do that and we can definitely like as a member of the church of jesus christ latter-day saints set that example for others and you know how it also says that god is no respecter of persons right yeah he's no respecter of cultures either necessarily you need to do what he asks you to do and commands you to do regardless of what your culture is before because the united states i'm sorry like right now the especially the political culture has a lot less in common with you know our, our you know god's values yeah. and, and morality than than most other you know minority cultures you know from south america or uh, you know the polynesian islands or or uh, even asia you know a lot of those a lot of those have a lot more in common with you know god's principles probably than our own culture right now so we you know in the united states maybe not us personally but United States probably would have to change a lot more than some of these other places that minorities, you know, came from. Most definitely. Yeah. Well, and I think of that where uh, in the Civil War era, right, leading up to the Civil War, what took place was um, the the Southern United States, the, the Democratic United uh, part part of the United States, they had to become more vicious, more vile, and more distinct and separate uh, um, from the original uh, Judeo-Christian values that existed, from what the Bible was actually teaching, from the actual culture of the people. And part of that process was making slavery an even more vile institution than it was. It's vile enough that you own someone, but they also had to dehumanize because they recognized that, oh my gosh, the culture of the United States recognizes that all these people are human beings. Uh, I can't retain a property. Uh, I can't, you know, own another human being uh, unless I dehumanize them and make them property. And so it became, you know, it, it, like slavery at the time of the Constitution and slavery at the time of Civil War were very, very, very different. And it just became more and more vile. And, and so when it comes to like America needing to get back to like what you're saying, what the point that I'm getting at is when the Civil War took place. There was a major portion of the United States that had fallen away sharply from it. And there was a major awakening in uh, particularly the northern United States that realigned with it. Because the nor northern United States wasn't perfect, but the abolitionists, these Christian uh, organizations, spent a lot of time working with people to convince them, like, yo, this is bad, this needs to change. And because of that, they had this re um, a realignment and re an awakening. That's when it, it, things finally had a split, and then we had a major war that really devastated the United States, like, horribly. But after doing that, it, like, people had to kind of really, really realign in many ways, right? It wasn't perfect, and obviously the South <laughs> had a lot of its own issues, but we have those resetting periods. And sometimes we have those mini resetting periods leading up to larger conflicts, like, like the mini resetting period of the abolitionists, um, of uh, getting people to recognize what was wrong about America, mm -hmm. it kind of like that's what we need to establish now because I don't really see at this moment in time us having that mini realignment before a great, uh, a, a great realignment. It seems like a big, <laughs> it seems like a big split's coming again. Um, yeah, and it, it's like well, 
here's the thing. We can't avoid self-destruction. We can't avoid all those dangers. People, the people in the Book of Mormon did it over and over and over again. And the way they did it was coming back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Major coming back to the Lord. Uh, and that to... only happens two ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's either you humble yourself on your own or God's going to humble you. So. That's exactly right. <laughs> There's some, probably some major, for lack of a better word, destruction or at least uh, diversion away from the normal way of life you know that's that's coming you know it could be destruction of some kind that's going to be coming to the united states it's it's something's got to give you know well yeah like you think of like the book of mormon they had wars uh, which was normally a really good way for them to reset and return uh, but then also like there sometimes there would be famines right there'd be other sorts of hardships that just made it hard for people to live period and um generally speaking that can really drive people to return to christ like people can still harden their hearts yeah like like a great recession a great depression again and none of us want that to happen and none of us here are saying oh that's gonna be great what we're saying is oh it'd be so good if we could turn around now before Mm -hmm. that has to be what what brings us to our knees but this time as a latter-day saint not a conservative as much um even if that happens it might as horrible as it would be, if it brought people back to Christ, it would be a good thing. So, well, and that—that's the—that's the point. Is that like, God allows these things to happen because He knows in the end it's the better thing. Yeah. Even though we, it really, it really it's sucks. sucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, we really don't want that to happen. Um, kind of going back to this idea where we were talking about how people say the founding fathers, blah, and it was just the worst, and therefore also the Constitution's not good. Uh, along those same lines, and, and I'm trying not to twist too much of what is being said here, but I'm finding a lot of parallels in the spiritual side and also on the political side because because of the spiritual roots of our nation and, and constitution. Elder Oaks, uh, excuse me, Elder Cook, he said, we honor our pioneer members across the world not because they were perfect, but because they overcame hardships, made sacrifices aspired to be Christ-like, and were striving to build faith and be one with the Savior. Their oneness with the Savior made them one with each other. This principle is true for you and me today. This disunity around America being any sort of a nation worth keeping comes down to us not being willing to honor our pioneers. Like He's saying we honor pioneers of members across the world, not because they were perfect. We can honor people of the past, not because they were perfect, but because of their sacrifices. They aspired for something good. And the good that came from and the choices yes, they made. They exactly. Were, they were seeking for unity, you know? Exactly. And the thing is, like, having that, like, being willing to agree upon that is very foundational to us being able to unify, to have a oneness, be like, okay, I agree with you. Definitely grievances, definitely imperfections, but we can't agree that there were, there was, some, there was a lot of good there. Um, what are your thoughts on, because this is what bothers me, is that we have, we've created a culture of, um, it, it's, it's so much more empowering, or I should say uh, beneficial, to be disempowered, <laughs> to be a victim. And, and, uh, and a lot of that, you know, like when you think of how people really don't want to regard religion, they don't want to regard the Constitution, how do you feel like victimization plays a role in that? It, because it absolves them of responsibility for themselves or, or those they're responsible for, kind of. You know, it's when people say, oh, victim, you know, like, this person should have this, 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 and this, and we should do this for them and everything. It absolves them of responsibility, and sometimes, you know, indirectly or directly financial responsibility which is a big one so they don't have to do anything for themselves you know they can they're making they don't realize they're making sacrifices of another sort spiritual for one and um agency for another um which is also spiritual but um and then in the end what happens is when they are willing to make the sacrifices that tear down their character 
and also create consequences for the rest of society. Because you can't pretend that you you obtaining perpetually, nonstop, um, to, in any way that you want, basically, of uh, uh, getting kickback and, and benefits from others' labors, that, that creates a, a dearth upon society because someone has to pay for that. And, and then once everyone's willing to be on it, like I think of uh, the Romans, the politicians, they eventually, you know, they were it's very similar to today. The more free crap you can give people, the more they're going to vote for you. Mm -hmm. Eventually they made it to where it was like a human right for those living in the area of Rome to get free bread. Like bread was like a human right, right? And, it's like, and, and they got the votes for it, right? But then in the end, you end up with a society that's not productive, that's not taking care of itself. And um, in today's world, governments just don't pitter out quite like that. They're going to find new avenues to stay alive. And we see this in communism, socialism, uh, fascism, that what they do is they have to make the hard choice for people. Because we are willing to absolve t uh, aspects of our agency to obtain certain benefits, perverse benefits, then governments have to step into this role of, okay, well now I've got to make the hard decision for you. You eat, you don't eat, <laughs> right? You're, you're worth uh, taking care of, you ain't worth taking care of. In fact, actually, I, I kind of need to eliminate you because you, your existence period take, still draws upon society in ways that we, we can't handle, right? It, it's just, you create all sorts of really horrible atrocities. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and aside from those, those de horrible decisions that you're making domestically, uh, they they may have to make the government, meaning the government, would have to make decisions uh, that would could lead to conflict internationally too. You know, That's to true. get more resources or to reset their debt. You know, depending on who they owe the money to. And, yeah. You know, I mean that's that's a big one. We're over twenty trillion in debt. You know, in the United States. I mean, somebody's gonna come calling eventually. So. Yeah. <laughs> Make me shake my boots. <laughs> and it's very, it's very tricky how the adversary, like, I think that he's behind a lot of this because um, he doesn't want us to have our free agency, and yet he plays upon human emotions, you know? Like, we need we need to take care of the poor. He uses almost like a righteous cause to, to bring about these means of, like, limiting our freedom. and Yeah, it's the new morality. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is, and... It is a, a to evoke a sense of righteousness. Yeah. That's why people, they believe, uh, you know, many times that socialism and socialistic ways are the right way to go. Yeah. When, when, it's like my, my wife said so amazingly one time. I was driving, I almost like drove off the road. I was like, that's so good. She said, well, you have to remember that Satan wanted an equality of outcome too. Yeah. And I was like, oh, boom, like, holy smokes, like, that's a really good way to put it, right? Like, he wanted an equality yeah. outcome, he, and he was like, basically, guys, I can do this for you. I mean, Heavenly Father's plan, it's okay, but, like, yeah. I can do this. All you have to do oh is God. give up your agency. Yeah, I'm going to give you happiness. Yeah. yeah. It was based off of emotion. It was based off of, we don't want any of our brothers to, like, brothers or sisters to, to you know, not make it back home to Heavenly Father, so let's, let's take away your agency. Yeah. Yeah. And and your free agency is just not worth that, you know? Like Well, there's there's no growth, there's no there's no true victory to it, right? Um and what you're saying though, it sounds so much like today's um uh arguments, which I believe it kind of a personal belief of mine is evil has reared its head and it's so open, it's so um bold that we can see a great reflection upon like, like the way people attack um, the Constitution, um, Judeo-Christian values, and, re and religion as well. You see their arguments and the way that they go about tearing it down is through self-righteous ways and self-righteous mm -hmm. arguments. And that I believe very wholeheartedly that that's very similar to what it happened in the pre-Earth life. When it was like, Heavenly Father's plan. It's like, this is the way. And then it goes, well, but guys, like, I can bring you happiness. Don't we, like... If he really loved us, wouldn't we all get there? Like, what's like? I can imagine it was like, what sort of awful dad is he? Like, seriously, like, well, some of you won't make it. What crap? Like, well, I can get us all there. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take you away from him, and, and I'll make sure you get there. You know exactly. I know yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah, and you know how I think you know how you like you 
argue those points, um, argue for the lack of better words, but how you argue those points with people. Cause I just had a, a kind of like a small little debate with somebody over abortion just the other day. And it was based off the same thing based off of emotion. Well, you know, like, don't you care about like, you know, the health of the mother or don't you care about, you the know, exceptions to the, rule. the exceptions, the exceptions, you know, and the only way that you can really like counter those is to, is to fight it with truth. Yeah. Fight it with your like testimony, and that's the same way that we defeated like Satan in the pre-mortal existence was with truth, and with our testimony. That, that's exactly oh. right. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I, I, I was kind of paying attention to her debating with this person, and yeah, she she did a really cool thing. She before it got super contentious, she could tell emotions were running high a little bit, especially the other person. So she cut it off and said, you know, let's let's you know agree to disagree for the time being, you know, because I want to. Uh, avoid you know this kind of you know that's great it was one of those moments where like i'm i, I mean i don't want to like you know um toot my own horn or whatever but when i was reading when i was reading um elder oaks talks he he talked about like how how can we you know create more unity and 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 more of like a zion atmosphere and he said loving our enemies and our adversaries is not easy most of us have not reached that stage of love and forgiveness and, and that was by um, President Hinckley, I think, actually quoted that. But he said it requires a self-discipline almost greater than we are capable of. And I cannot, I cannot tell you how much all day long I fought with, like, well, I just want to say this, and I just want to say that, you <laughs> jab, know? Jab, jab. You know, but, but eventually, like, because I, you know, eventually, like, I was just like, it's not worth it. Like, we need to have, like, a better relationship. And so that that is the one good thing that came of it is I just, I frankly told her, I just said, you know what, I really value our friendship and um, I would just prefer not to like argue about this. We might just have to agree to disagree. And it actually came out really good. And, and the relationship stayed intact, you know. That's great. And so, yeah, it was a good positive. I had to do <laughs> more, more <laughs> sweeping stop of, of my arguing with people. So I, I just got rid of Facebook altogether. <laughs> Dude, slow clap for you. <laughs> you just plugged the I eye out. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have the, the self-control on the really minute individual circumstances, you know, yeah. but, you know, overall, I can just if you're you know, brush everything away. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I think um, it, it's it's really good that, you know, we're willing to remain, uh, we're willing to keep relationships and keep the humanity there without sacrificing the truth of, our, of the argument, mm -hmm. of the truth of the, of the stance, right? Because... In day-to-day -day conversations, we can win people over in that way because we're willing to go, hey, we're fired up, you, me, mm -hmm. let's let's back up. Because I've had scenarios where I've done the same thing where I'm able to have very good conversations, but it becomes really strong, and I just say, all right, let's leave yeah. it for now. Yeah. And over time, I've had literally them go, I actually see your point now, and I actually believe that that's right now. Because I wasn't, I wasn't willing to... You know, bash him over the head with truth. It's one thing. Yeah, Christ never went. You know, he didn't have a club called Truth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just like hit people on the head. But what? He, but what he did was speak truth and yeah. you know and allow people to. Made you see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Made you see it. But he, he was not going to, you know, Bible bash or whatever else like that. Right. Yeah. He was just willing to defend what was right and allow people to make the realizations for themselves. Um, and sorry, I just have to go back to this I just before I forget it because I know I'm, I'll probably forget it to write it down later. So let this be recorded and known. But going back to the pre-earth life, talking about, you know, I'm going to make sure we all get there. Satan saying, this is the plan, this is the better way. Just remember that it says in the scriptures that another, a really big issue with Satan was that he wanted all the glory to be his and he wanted God's throne. What So what did he, in a nutshell, how do you, you know, say that, what did he want? Power. Today, it's no different, right? This, this, uh, pseudo-religion, this pseudo-righteousness of, uh, that, that comes in the form of, of socialism, etc. It is, and that, it, it comes, it, it's really to hide someone's ambition for power. That's really all it is. It hides their ambition. And, uh, and it plays upon our greatest weaknesses, which is to be lazy, to not really, you know, grow, progress, or to help other people in terms of like helping other people because that's the greatest um, argument for it. It is that 
well, instead of being willing to go and help someone yourself, you're willing to outsource it with everyone else's money and, uh, <laughs> and time, right? It's like, oh, yeah, I, I'm willing to have my taxes and everyone else's taxes do for other people what they should do for themselves. And then for those who can't do it for themselves, I really should be the one there. I don't got time. Let's have someone else do it, right? But it's, it's those sycophants, it's those conniving people who are wanting more power who are going to lead the charge on that. And what do they end up? They end up with more power, and they do not relinquish that power. <laughs> it's very lonely and temporary at the top, though, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or even or even on one of the, the peaks near the top, you know? I mean, it's uh, usually backbiting and, and infighting that, you know, destroys those kind of people, you know? I mean... That's true. You know, they get murdered or stabbed in the back, you know, figuratively, you know, by other people who are pursuing power just the same and sometimes they were. literally <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, but yeah you you create an, an atmosphere and environment where government is an engine to obtain your your greatest aspirations in life right <laughs> and on a joking note look at saruman from lord of the rings what happened to him it's he pursued of power he got stabbed in the back yeah straight up straight <laughs> you guys up. need to just have like a lord of the rings quote for like every episode i've thought about it i've been like you know i should like after, you know, the, the, every 20 minutes, I'm going to pull out a quote, talking quote from, you know, one of his books. Just find like, some way to Sal? mention it. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because I'm so close to doing it right now. It's, uh, yeah, but um, well, this is this is great. I just, I really appreciate you guys being willing to talk to, you know, talk with me about this. Yeah. Um, and it's very obvious to me that you guys are, so willing to be unapologetically a follower of Christ and a Latter-day Saint. And I think the most important thing to encourage you, myself, and anyone who's listening is that we don't have to be perfect at it. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And I'm going to remind you one more time, don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel, leave a review, share with other people, and we will be back in a couple of weeks. Take care.